Hi guys. <sighs> I'm gonna get cozy under the covers here and just wrap a blanket around me before I begin. So this is episode four of uh, Under the Covers with Eve. Thank you for coming back. Can't believe I've done four of these now. This is great. I really like talking to you like this. So, if you're like most people, you have something that you want very badly. Maybe a few somethings, right? <laughs> but it's probably one of the big three, like a love relationship, success or wealth, and uh, peace of mind. These are pretty universal and pretty elusive for most of us. And maybe you want this thing so badly that it's driving you crazy and you feel completely desperate, sometimes thinking that you won't have it or can't get it or any of these other negative things. So for this talk, I'm going to focus on the desire for love and sex, although what I'm going to say will probably apply to other things you want as well. So again, you know, a lot of feel-good audios and books would just pump you up with, you're an amazing person, you'll find love and happiness, <laughs> which, I mean, I happen to think is true, but, but I digress. What I'm going to talk about is um, a slightly different approach, which is, well, I can sum it up in this sentence or this question. What does it look like? Not, what does she look like? although you can do that too if you want, <laughs> but what does it look like, this, this thing you want? See, most people just carry around this vague sense of want in their gut, you know, kind of a gnawing, empty kind of dissatisfaction or loneliness or unhappiness with what they have compared to what they wish they could have. I'm just going to get more comfortable here. Um, but whenever I've asked people to describe what this, what they, this thing that they want looks like, they almost always answer with a kind of blinking incomprehension. Um, there was a girl I knew once. I knew her pretty well. She was about 21 or so. And she was always complaining to me how she didn't have a boyfriend and how lonely she was. But she was the kind of person who was way too shy and self-conscious to just go ask someone out. So it was useless to just advise her to go pick a guy she liked and, and go talk to him because that just wasn't going to happen. Um, so I asked her one day what her ideal situation would be if she could imagine herself in this dream relationship with Mr. Perfect. How would she imagine that it happened or that it came about? Was it something like he just approached her where she worked and he turned on the charm and asked her out or or was it more like um he's someone she's known for a while and is comfortable with and one day sparks fly and he tells her he likes her as more than a friend or or was it something else like in her dreams maybe maybe she found the courage to approach someone she liked but she had no answers to any of this of course um like most people she had no earthly idea how or why her dream person was going to sail into her life. She just knew vaguely that she really wished he would. So we talked about this for a while. And 
she understood that I was trying to get her to figure out what she really wanted. And how she would like to meet her dream guy. It was never meant to be sort of, uh, okay, just think this really hard and he'll show up. You know, nothing like that. It was more about getting her to look more closely at what she wanted. So that she could hopefully start taking steps towards making it happen. As she ended up deciding that if she could have any fantasy situation, what she wanted was a guy in her favorite class at college, so in other words, you know, someone who shared her interests, to just start a conversation with her one day in a non-threatening way, probably about a project or something, you know, and she imagined it progressing into enjoying talking to each other and then maybe meeting after class, and then starting to go places and do things that they both enjoyed, you know. For her, it was about building up a friendship based on shared interests, first and foremost, in a way that wouldn't spook her or make her feel too self-conscious. Sex didn't even appear on the horizon for quite a while in her little scenario. She was very focused on the friendship first, with someone who understood how shy she could be. Now, while this kind of realization wasn't going to make a man magically appear, it did have the benefit of helping her avoid some of the situations that she'd been getting herself into. Because at the time, she was regularly going to bars with her friends, and then, you know, lamenting that she wasn't meeting anyone. And it's no wonder, right? I mean, she wants a quiet, sensitive man who wants to get to know her based on shared interests, and yet she's going to bars on Saturday nights. Of course she didn't have a boyfriend, right? <laughs> so the point of this is that if you spend just a bit of time imagining what your dream scenario would be, it brings you closer to understanding yourself and what you really want and need. And I believe it doesn't hurt to start creatively picturing this scenario over and over again. Maybe changing a few details you know, focusing on the feelings and the sensations. Because if you simply say, I want to meet someone, or I want to be in love, or even just, I want to have sex, there are about a billion ways each of these things could happen. And most of them aren't going to be what you want. So I think it's a good idea to start being more specific with yourself. As in, for example, um, I want to meet someone as a friend first. Uh, someone who shares my interests, someone who's interested in a long-term relationship, someone who shares my views on sex and love, someone with whom I feel comfortable, you know, etc., etc. So whenever you find yourself yearning wistfully for something vague, I want you to ask yourself, what does that look like? What would this look like if it really happened? And creatively visualize it for yourself. Now, as for um, creative visualization itself, you may have heard of this. There are a lot of self-help books out there about this, about visualization, positive thinking. Some are more out there than others. About um, 10 years ago or so, I think, there was a book and a film called The Secret. Um, forget who wrote it. I can look it up and give you the link. Um, but it got a lot of attention, both positive and negative. Because it was very pseudo-scientific, talking about quantum mechanics and how we all sort of 
vibrate on the same energy or something, you know. Um, and then, and then of course, there's the truly bizarre Abraham Hicks crowd. I don't know if you've heard of this, but you got to look this up. This is great. Abraham Hicks is supposedly the name um, chosen by a group of nebulous mist space entities that communicate through one human only, a woman named Esther Hicks. I'm not making this up. Um, and their purpose in the universe, it seems, is to help you get what you want. Most usually lots of money. That's usually what they're, what they're about. This, this group even has cruises that you can take <laughs> to join in with other Abers, as they call themselves. And what goes on in these cruises, I don't even want to guess at. I don't even want to go there. The fairly obvious critique of books and practitioners like this is that mm, it just looks very much like another scam to get you to buy books or merchandise or go on cruises or go to conferences, and that the only people getting rich are the authors and publishers of these things. But I think there's a little nugget of truth in all of these types of things, and that is that um, using the power of your imagination, not just positive thinking, as in, everything will be okay, or God will take care of me, but actual creative imagery is something everyone can do really easily. It's free, it's harmless, it's fun, it's, you know, it's worth giving it a try. Um, there's pretty famous and maybe even apocryphal story about Jim Carrey, who said that he used to visualize himself being a success in Hollywood, and even wrote out a check to himself for $10 million dollars for acting services. And uh, seven years after he did that, he got paid $10 million to be in Dumb and Dumber. Now, this isn't magic, and he had to do a lot of work to get to that point, but I think the fact that he knew what he wanted and kept it in his imagination, you know, pretty, well, it probably helped him get it. It didn't hurt, put it that way. <laughs> I've been actually thinking about doing some creative visualization sort of guide audios, sort of mm, relaxation hypnosis audios that can help you to start thinking about the things that you want. I would love to hear from you guys. If you think that this is something you'd be interested in, please let me know, because um, I think it could be fun. I think it could be a nice way to relax and to really get in touch with, with yourself and what you really want. So one last thing I just want to put in your ear little food for thought. Um, hold on. Let me move my pillow. <laughs> Whenever someone says they hope they will find their love or get whatever it is they want, I always tell them, don't do that. <laughs> well, why? Is, isn't hope good? Well, sure, hope is good. Hope is great. But the only problem with it is that it seems to include a giant question mark just by its very definition. When you hope for something, it implies that you believe you might not get it. You just hope you will. You don't emphatically believe you will. You don't know you will. You just hope you will. So I prefer to say, be patient. You may have to wait a bit for this thing that you want, for this love relationship or sex or whatever it is that you want. But if you think of it in terms of, I'm waiting for her to come into my life, and so for now I have to be patient, 
that's much more of a positive mindset. Then I hope someone will come into my life. I mean, we can all be patient. We can be very patient. We can wait happily for something good and keep it as a long-term goal for many years if we have to. But that's because we're confident it's coming. Hoping is just sort of wishful thinking. And when you say, I'm not going to give up hope, well, the spirit of that phrase is good, of course, but the language is just the opposite. And I am a big proponent, as you know, of words mean things. <laughs> I believe that we make an instant, almost uh, visceral connection to words and their meanings and connotations, and I think it goes pretty deep. I think we all know that hope is a pretty iffy thing, whereas we've all had to be patient in our lives. And while it's not always pleasant, we do know that rewards come from being patient. Usually. <laughs> so don't hope for a relationship or sex or whatever. Be patient. Okay? Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Under the Covers with Eve. As always, I love hearing your comments and getting your messages. So please don't be shy. Don't be afraid to talk to me. I love hearing from you. I'll be back again uh, next week. All right? Good night. <laughs>